Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. Today, I have somebody very special with me. Her name is Laura Fuentes, and she is the creator of Momables, where she helps thousands of families improve their health and wellness by establishing healthier eating habits as a family with her family kickstart program and weekly meal plans. She's the author of five cookbooks, a successful entrepreneur, public speaker, spokesperson, makes regular television appearances like on Today and Good Morning America and has competed on Food Network, and she actually won, which is so cool. (laughs) She has over 100,000 YouTube subscribers, and so she is now an official YouTuber, according to her nine-year-old. I love that that is in your bio, Laura, because my son always makes fun of me, slash really cringes is his word, (laughs) at the idea that I'm on TikTok. So there you go. We share that. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Edwina. I'm so excited to be here and just really share with your audience this journey of cooking for my family, what has worked, these very practical tips on how to do it. And, and I just found that your our messaging was so consistent, you know, like what you share online and my little eater and the things that I share on Mama Bowls. I was like, wow, like we really need to connect and share, you know, that, that practical side. And, you know, I I love that you have kids as well. So it's always a really good um, experience to be, you know, with like-minded people. 100% agree. I love chatting with people who are in the same position. And also I have so much to learn from, which brings me to today's topic. So we're going to be talking all about how to start meal planning when you hate cooking. And also I think just running through every tip that we can cover on this, you know, quick, hopefully half hour episode with regards to how to make meal planning easy, how to make it quicker, how to help moms who are just so overwhelmed. I mean, we're all so tired. You know, we do this five, six times a day. We're putting, you know, food out in front of our kids. And then to top it off, half of us have picky kids. Um, So, you know, it's exhausting and it's sometimes just not motivating. So I think that probably one of the most common words that I get from, from parents, from moms who describe what meal planning is like to them is it's overwhelming. So maybe we can start there. Maybe you can start by letting us know well, I guess a little bit about your background, how you became so good at meal planning and how do you keep it from being overwhelming? Yeah. So I hear that same word from my community as well. I've been around, Mama Bulls has been around for 10 years now. So I've been sharing recipes, meal plans, you know, put them into cookbooks, like the whole nine yards. Um, I honestly, nowadays I'm like, what else can I do? But I just keep going really. And that's also part of my messaging of it. Just keep going, right? Because overwhelming is a temporary feeling, but life is too short to just feel like that all the time. So there, how do I, what do I tell my community members? Just keep it simple, right? That is my journey has been a lot about keeping things really simple. That's how I 
I taught myself how to cook. My background is in global economics and business. So everything that people see online has been going through the same journey that my audience and your audience have had to go through, right? Like you're no longer just cooking for yourself or for two. Now you have to cook for two adults and one, two, however many kids who have their own preferences, who are a lot more strong-minded about what they want and don't want to eat. And so, you know, we're navigating this nutrition slash parenting slash we're all tired at the end of the day slash one more thing. Right. And so there's one thing that, and I'm going to break down for you guys, how you can simplify this whole meal planning thing for your family without having to make it, you know, without having to become a short order cook for everyone, but keeping it simple, it really starts with prioritizing certain things at meal times, right? I have struggled in my journey with picky eating as well. We spent seven years in feeding therapy and with nutritionists and working with a team. This is back when Zoom was not around. So I had to seek help from experts via Skype. And um, so in phone calls, you know, outside of where I lived. So I really know the struggle and the journey to just want to do your best and it's really mixed with the marketing messages that we hear as parents, right? You know, is whole grain good for you? Well, sure. But what if the ingredients have all this sugar added to it? So then what do I do? But that's what my kid wants. That's what their friends are eating, right? So the beginning of my journey really just started by literally the name of my company, Mom Bulls. If you live in the United States, it's like the mom version of a Lunchable, right? Because when Mm -hmm. I first started, my daughter wanted to eat the very colorful lunches that her friends or other kids were eating. This is back when there were only like three varieties out on the shelf, not an entire section at at the store. But, you know, and I really thought she, now I have bought them for her when she was little and I was like, okay, well, this is what she wants to eat. At least she'll eat something, right? I think this is something we tell ourselves as parents. Well, at least my kid is eating something. And turns out, she didn't really like the meat or the cheese or because it was like, she, I was like, well, what is it about that you like? She's like, I just like the container. And this is before we had all these great containers out there. She's like, it just keeps things separated and it's colorful and all the other kids are eating it. Right. So, um, asking the right questions to your kids of why is it that they like something or they want something? It's really important because you can find out a lot of information. So I actually would buy the Lunchables and had two or three in, uh, containers around at all times. I would empty them, rush them out, and then put things that she actually liked, right? Because this is 10 years ago, guys, or actually more than that, 12 to 13, before we had these great compartmentalized containers. So I found out that my kid just really wanted her food to not touch, right? right? To have colors and things like the other kids. And so my journey really started by getting creative with that nutrition piece plus meeting what my kids' expectations were and socially acceptable at the time in school, right? And I didn't make something different and Pinterest-worthy like we see nowadays, right? Many of us who create recipes photograph everything really bright, colorful, so it shows you how to pack something, right? Like makes it appeal, like it gives it a little visual appeal, right? So again, it was just starting out with a really simple, basic ask of, what is it that you like about X, Y, and Z? Or and the other way around, if you have picky eating, what is it that you don't like about this vegetable? Or, you know, I found out that it wasn't even the fact that the food was green. It was the fact that broccoli had a weird texture, the trunk part. 
I cut out all the trunks of all the broccoli around and I would only serve the real crown part. You know, mom is the garbage disposal. So I would eat the trunks, right? But it wasn't, I don't like broccoli. I just don't like X, Y, and Z. So to start meal planning, I would say is what is my goal? How many nights a week, right? The asking the right questions. How many nights a week are we home, right? Because many of us are, are very busy with our kids' activities and such. Or do I need to prep something? You know, like I was sharing with a friend yesterday that a lot of it is making it easier for you. So two nights a week, like my Monday and Tuesdays, I get home really late. Those nights, I either have things ready that my husband with a post-it can just put it in the oven or heat and they eat. So it's prepped before or the slow cooker, right? Because it doesn't require me to be present. So again, that's, that was a little mixed, but about my journey, how I got here. It's just finding shortcuts with things that are, again, add nutrition, bring appeal and variety. So it kind of meets all the checkboxes for me. I love that. And also I want to apologize because I sort of combined two big questions in one. So you did a very good job of answering that. And I love to hear your background and I love to hear your strategy around asking questions. I do think that's very important because you're right. You don't have the information. You're just sort of guessing and you're trying something here and there and you're frustrated. Your child's frustrated. You don't have a plan. And I think having a plan is one of the Mm -hmm. best things that we can provide for our, you know, for the moms that follow us and for our, our clients. Um, is to be able to help them figure out a plan and us to help provide them that. So when it comes to meal planning, I know for me, I'll just speak from my own experience. Mm -hmm. I love the idea. I do it, but I do it really inconsistently. So there will be uh, a few weeks where I'm on the ball and I am just like all about it and I'm top of mind and, you know, we've got a great system going. And then there's other weeks where I totally forget or I don't have the energy Or again, it seems very overwhelming for some reason, maybe because of other things happening in my life. So maybe we can break down for everybody listening. What are the ways that we can just start meal planning? You know, like assuming we've never really done it before, it's never been a habit that we could ever make stick. What is the best way to start with like a simple strategy to, to get things going, or at least to make our life a little bit easier when it comes to making meals? Yeah, so I'm first want to tell you that what you experience is very common. Okay. It's something that even I myself, I experience it because even though I'm not quote planning, I am planning because I'm testing recipes for my meal plans for my community. So the weeks that I'm in full testing or creative, I'm like, okay, I've got a plan. I'm on a roll. But the weeks where I'm not testing anything, I'm sort of winging it. And that's where those overwhelmed feelings come back. And what I've now do is I go back and go, okay, if this week I'm not testing, I'm going to go grab a plan. And honestly, I learned to meal plan by subscribing. This is way long ago before what they are today to a meal planning service so that if it doesn't come naturally, then why struggle? Mm. Right? Like, I think it's just like, it's like the new mom thing. Like we tell new moms all the time, like, Hey, if you need it, go ask for help right? Go take a nap when the baby naps. Okay. We don't, these are the the advice that we often don't follow, but for me, it was so eye-opening to go, you know what, this is, I don't enjoy doing this. So, and I don't enjoy, this is before Pinterest and things. So I'm like, I don't enjoy putting in the work to figure things out of foods. So, and I really don't know how to combine ingredients. So my shopping list is shorter and I can not waste food and I can spend less money at the store. So I'm going to just go for $5 or $10 a month, I'm going to go hire out and let somebody else do it for me. 
Mm-hmm. Now, that taught me the system that I now teach today with through my community members. So if you're just starting out, my biggest advice is we all have those 10, 15, five recipes that we know our family will eat. And the problem is that when we are unplanned and unorganized about our meals, we use those five to 10 week after week after week. And that's where we feel like we're eating the same things. That's where we feel like we're in this rut. So what I tell people is those 10 recipes are still amazing because you know that things are going to go smoothly. Now let's stretch those out into a two to three week period and then inject new recipes right? That are not going to rock the boat too much. They have ingredients that you know, that's a winner, that ingredient's a winner, and then kind of buffer those staples with new things. So on average, I tell families, just start with one or two new recipes. If you're like, you know what? I I could do three, do three, right? Three new recipes, two of your tried and trues. One night is your leftover night. And then the other night, like for me on Sundays is where I kind of do a earlier dinner, bigger family meal, and pre-prep some things for the week. So at the end of the day, you're really only looking at three new things, right? As opposed to like this whole new ordeal and this whole new plan. And we have a lot of members who purchase the week, the classic weekly meal plan, and they just only take out three recipes out of there. And then the shopping list is coded. So you can see which ingredients go with those recipes. So you only buy those three recipes. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is your tried and true. And the last tip is when you're looking for new recipes to not try to please everyone, you're going to disappoint someone. Someone is going to go pick out the green peas or the carrots or the onion. Someone's going to find something anyway. So you might as well find a recipe that has elements from which everyone can eat something from. And there are nights that my youngest will only eat the chicken with no sauce. Like literally he'll pick the chicken out of the pan and that's it. The other ones are eating everything or there's nights like he'll just literally eat only the spaghetti and pick out the shrimp because he can't handle that. And that's okay because the rest of us enjoy that recipe. I love that. And it's something that I like to teach my, um, my followers as well. I always say, you know, at some point, like you said, somebody's not going to like something. So it's really about teaching your child that, hey, sometimes it's going to be mommy's favorite meal and sometimes it's going to be your favorite meal and sometimes it's going to be dad's favorite meal. And so it's this idea that not every meal has to be catered to them or their Mm -hmm. ultimate favorite, you know, top of their list. And then at the same time, we're being considerate by making sure, you know, is there one thing that we're planning out that we know they will eat? You know, do they even enjoy the bread? Do they... Um, have a glass of milk? Do they have, you know, the carrots that they like, like the way that they like it? Something that, you know, okay, if they're hungry, that's what Mm -hmm. they can have. And outside of that, it's not my job to have to like make the whole menu, you know, revolve around them. So I sort of, so kind of going back to what you said, I think if we're to think of somebody new, somebody really thinking this is a very daunting thing. How do I even start to do this? Maybe you do just start with one new recipe a week Mm -hmm. and you have your consistent staples. That way, maybe your child also won't be overwhelmed with like, oh my goodness, what is all this new stuff coming my way? Like, this is just so different. And then, you know, you can start to add in a little bit of variety here and there. And maybe, I mean, I don't know if you have any advice around this, but maybe again, it's like you still have 
a chicken, uh, I don't know, or a salmon dish, but you're changing the flavor of the salmon. Like it could just be simple tweaks to get you, you know, starting to branch out. Now for the people who, so outside of recipes specifically Mm -hmm. and trying to think of ideas, what are the actual steps that someone needs to take to actually, you know, successfully meal plan and by the end of the day, always have something, you know, ready for dinner? Um, Are there like, is there like a sequence of things you need to do? How far in advance do you have to be thinking about this? How do you schedule in the time for this? What tips do you have around that? Yeah, so I would literally tell anyone just really starting out or who just wants to make the tiny changes is just sit down for 10 minutes with a cup of coffee because it literally just takes 10 minutes. Write out your week and go, what are we going to eat? Like that's simple. So like the problem is that like a lot of people try to change everything at one time. That's really overwhelming. That's even overwhelming for me. So um, just start with one, the meal that you struggle with most, or you could do it the other way. If breakfast is something that you want to improve, we always talk about dinner, but if it's breakfast that you feel like, you know what? I really don't want my kids to rely on cereal every single day. What can I do? Okay. So keep cereal. If that's what you're having at home, keep the cereal every day, except three days now, because you could bake something, like you make these, like you make uh, fiber muffins, you could make um, yogurt muffin. I mean, I love muffins as a vessel because it's a very kid-friendly shape. Um, and you can add a lot of nutritious things in them. Um, in those other days, you're going to eat something else. So, but again, it's about sitting down and going, okay, what is the meal that I'm going to tackle this week, right? Once that becomes a habit, you can tackle all of your meals. Um, so for dinner, I would go, okay, it's really for me Saturday mornings before I may either shop on Saturday or I shop on Sunday, or even sometimes it's Friday night because yes, guys, my house is so exciting on a Friday night that I sit down and meal plan for like 10 minutes so that I can order my groceries um, for Saturday. So, um, but I just write down, okay, what are we going to eat? And I start, and because if it's Friday or it's Saturday, the day one is the next day. It's not Monday because we still have to eat tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the day one is, the next day. And I'll order, I'll say, okay, Sunday, I will make, um, you know, something uh, like maybe I'll roast two chickens or maybe it's chicken breasts or chicken thighs or whatever it is. And then how am I going to roast extra so I can have two for this dish on Tuesday. So it's almost like math, like, oh, you know, eight plus three is 11. So the one gets carried over. Oh, I have extra chicken. That chicken gets carried over. Um, something I really like to do is prep things like that are just not going to happen at night, which is like roasted vegetables. For example, I make a huge sheet, a huge sheet pan for the week. Not, we don't eat those same vegetables all the way till Friday, but I will prep them, like wash them, peel them, dice them, and just throw them in a sheet pan seasoned and wrap that up and put the sheet pan in my refrigerator. I don't have to even cook it. Like it can be just wrapped and prepped. You know, a lot of people think prepping means uh, starting a recipe and have it cooked and just to heat and eat. And that's okay. But prep can also mean having them ready to go in the oven, right? Season. So there's no actual prep. It's just cooking only, right? So I'll make a slow cooker recipe um, in the slow cooker bowl and wrap that up with plastic wrap and put the whole slow cooker bowl in the fridge. And two days later, I can, before I leave in the morning for the office, I can throw that slow cooker in the um, base, turn it on for eight hours on low. And when I get home, it's ready, right? So it's about sitting down the, what are the foods that we're going to eat and what can I do ahead of time 
So it's as close to 20 minutes or serving the dish, right? So many things that I can prep ahead of time, like having grains ready cooked in your fridge. So maybe it's rice or um, pasta. So then it's one less thing you have to do in the middle of the week, right? So you can um, dedicate that time to being around the kitchen, shop, talking to your family, as opposed to the 10 steps that the recipe might, the recipe might have. Yeah. Yeah. I do love that. And I think as I'm thinking about, again, when I first started with this whole journey of meal planning, I kind of did forget about that whole piece. It's like, okay, well, I've got all the ideas. I've got my recipe mm-hmm. ideas and I know I'm going to have this on Monday and this on Tuesday and this on Wednesday. And then it, you know, the day would come and you're like, oh, but I don't have time to make this anymore. And like, I yes. don't have this ready and I should have bought that. So I do think a big part, if I'm to think about when you're first starting out, it may even be, okay. And then tell me what your thoughts are on this, but maybe it's like, okay, for week one or even week two, I'm going to just keep my regular meals And then I'm going to get in the habit of like, okay, I'm going to plan what day I'm going to pick a consistent time and day to go to the grocery store. And I'm going to, you know, spend an hour on, everyone says Sunday, but I mean, it could be any day, any night to just, Mm -hmm. yeah, wash my vegetables, cut them up beforehand. Like even that would be a huge time saver on its own. Then you kind of build that habit and then you're like, okay, now I'm ready for one new meal. Then I can plan that. And then you kind of see like these little mini successes and you're getting, you know, you've got, you're on a roll in a sense. So for anybody, again, some people might just be like, no, I'm ready to do it all. And that's amazing. But for others, they might just need a little bit of like an easing into the whole process. And uh, I know for me, one of the things that I find I cannot do without is I have to always cook either double batch what I make for supper or like you said, I love that idea. Like you roast a chicken. Okay. I'm going to roast two and I'm going to have something left over for lunch to have because I mean, personally, it's like, I don't have the time to make something new for lunch or like think of a whole new thing. So for me, if I know mm-hmm. I can always have that slot crossed off with a leftover, perfect. And so you kind of get in that habit. So it's great, great, great for busy families. Again, if you're if you're very overwhelmed and barely even have time to cook a dinner a night, right? Right. Um, I mean, yeah. and just like you said about roasting the chicken, it reminded me of. And if you're like, oh my gosh, what roasting a chicken? Yeah. Like just just get the one from the store. Just buy it. Like, exactly. Or if chopping and dicing requires like thirty minutes, yeah. just get the stuff that's like ready. Like there are ways to save money that are, and if 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 you're very budget conscious. Um, you could save on other things like, you know, you, I would sacrifice some of the prep work or, and if I was on a budget to get like ready chopped certain things for maybe buying frozen fruit that week. Yeah. Right. So uh, there's just way, there are many ways to level, level it out, you know, so I would sacrifice the organic label on one thing and just to give myself the budget or something else. If, if budget is like, cause that's one thing I hear from people, but prep food costs more. And there are many things that you could do and shortcuts. Like a lot of frozen vegetables are picked at its ripest and fr- flash frozen. So they're not only going to taste great, but two, they're oftentimes, or they're prepped and chopped for you, right? So you can 100% roast frozen vegetables on a sheet pan, right? You don't have to just steam them, um, which is like, I don't know why everybody thinks that because they're frozen, it's like steaming a bag only. You can throw them on a sheet pan and it only takes us an extra seven or so minutes in, in there, right? So 
give yourself permission to find those shortcuts and and make, find things that make it easier. And you should think about a meal if you're really busy as something that you have to assemble more than cooks through, right? So if you can do the prep work mm-hmm. ahead, that allows you to then when you get to Tuesday night, you just have to sort of assemble it. Then you're like, oh, all right, right? Because once you experience that prep, you're like, wow, this is great, right? Like the 10 minutes of thinking through, it's like the emotional weight that it removes is so worth the 10 minutes, no matter how busy you are. You know, we all spend 10 minutes on Instagram on the toilet. Come on. So, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's, it's like really just what you build up in your mind. It's like, we're all like, oh, this is going to be the worst thing ever. But then once you do it, you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. So yeah, I totally agree with those tips. And I am such an advocate about getting pre-spiralized zucchini or like whatever it is that you think is going to, I mean, for me, rotisserie chickens pre-bought, I go to Costco every week and that's my thing. And like, I, I don't care. My mom's like, you could have just done this at home. I'm like, no, I couldn't have, you know what? No, no, I really couldn't. So, and I, yeah, it's quite funny, the difference in generations and thoughts, but it's a much busier time that we live in now. And we have to do what makes it, you know, as easy as possible for us. You know, as you were saying about like prepping and assembling, like just thinking about meals as being an assembly of ingredients at the end of the day, like, cause you've prepped all a lot. Another thing that's coming to mind, that's just like, maybe not everyone can do it, but I found it's pretty doable for most is little things. Like if I know tonight I'm making, you know, X, Y, Z, and it needs minced garlic, even with like a toddler around me, I find like I could just, I can mince my garlic and then have it done. And then, or like chop up half of an onion, have that done. And I kind of piece, like I take little pieces of the recipe and I can even do that throughout the day in like one or two minute intervals. Because again, if you have toddlers, you have babies crying, whatever, they're going to take you away from like a set half an hour of prep time, maybe. So just little tiny, like it might seem insignificant, but like measure out your, you know, chicken stock or whatever, whatever you need. And then like you said, just assemble after that. Or buy frozen onions that are pre-chopped or do that. Yeah. Okay. If that's going to help you make it, like I tell people, it's like, if that's going to help you make it from scratch, it's totally okay. Right. Or I end up throwing these things out. I was like, well, if you end up throwing the bag of onions out, then buy them frozen, have them in the freezer. They're like ready to go. There's just, there's nothing wrong with those shortcuts. I think there was either a stigma that has to be all cooked from scratch or you're sort of somewhere in this limbo that no one talks about where the, the, the reality is that most of us, even those of us who are sharing how to meal plan and how to eat healthy as a family and, you know, and, and working with clients and we are doing what we're talking about. It just is assembly. We're not sitting there at six o'clock at night and cooking this whole meal from scratch because I'm hungry. Our kids are hungry and like, I'm just ready to get on with our evening routine. And quite frankly, I'm like, I'm so tired at the end of the day. I just want to get to bed too, you know? Um, So I'm going to do, for me, the path of least resistance is not takeout or ordering or driving through anything. For me, the path of least resistance, sometimes it means having a breakfast night Mm -hmm. and that's 100% awesome. And my kids are like, yes right? I'm like, okay, scrambled eggs and um, pancakes it is tonight. And then there's always fruit, right? And so I tell people like, for me, like, I'd rather not have to get in the car, drive 10, 15 minutes to drive through something, or even wait in a drive-through line after practice and bring it home. And then it's cold. It's like, no, 
Like if I'm going to eat food, it has to be like either at home with my family. And that, that's an easy experience. Like breakfast night is totally okay. Right. And if you're, if you have a baby and you're totally like, oh my God, I'm in survival mode. What do I do? Breakfast night twice a week is okay too. You yeah, know? Exactly. I, I so, so agree with that. Like there's no judgment at all around what you're eating. Bowl of cereal it is. That's fine. <laughs> you know, you're having supper and that's, or dinner or whatever. And that's great. So, um, yeah, very, very good tips. Okay. I'm wondering, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but I always, always, always seem to find that people struggle the most with coming out with breakfast ideas. So do you have like five go-to breakfasts that maybe you could just list off for us? Maybe kind of sparks a few ideas for people listening today that they could incorporate in their rotation. Yeah. So my go-to breakfast ideas slash recipes are uh, my protein pancakes. And if you go to laurafuentes.com, if you, you Google my name plus whatever I'm telling you, it'll come up or even, you know, breakfast ideas. Um, but the pancake batter, you can have it made in your refrigerator. I have this big uh, Pyrex pitcher that I mix it in. I, I even have the quarter cup scoop already in it and it has a lid. So I make the batter ahead of time and it'll be like, it'll last three days. So day one and day three, we'll have protein pancakes and protein pancakes is my pancake recipe. Plus I have a um, easy to digest, a vegan vanilla protein that kind of ups a little bit of the nutritional value of flame pancakes. And I just add a little extra liquid, but basically pancakes is always a winner. And then they'll eat a piece of fruit in the car on the way out. Um, or I'll just, if they don't, then they'll have it in their bag for some time in the morning. Another one that's my go-to is uh, mini quiches or a big quiche. If you don't have a little cup or muffin, they're like egg muffins yeah. or um, why? Because I can literally whisk eggs in a bowl, throw a couple of things in there, whether it's a ham and cheese or broccoli and cheese or broccoli and bacon is another one my kids like. Um, but anyway, I can just make that. I just have to whisk eggs, pour it and bake it. And now they're the, these mini egg muffins are in the refrigerator and I just have to heat them up for 15 seconds. And I can serve those with a piece of toast or with a piece of fruit, right? Depends on the kid, what they get. So that's breakfast go-to number two. Um, the other go-to breakfast that's on a regular at my house are um, oatmeal smoothies. And what I like about any kind of smoothie is that I can make everything in a pitcher. I can basically pour all the ingredients in the pitcher the night before and put the lid on and it goes in the fridge. And in the morning, I just take out the blender, the pitcher, put it on the base, blend and serve. Mm. So if you see in here, a theme here is that I like and enjoy things that are done for me because the mornings tend to not be the time and place where I have a lot of time. We have three kids in three schools. So one of us adults has to do two loops to drop off our kids. So if it's ready, it's going to help my family um, not rely on processed, ready to go foods, right? So and I do. And while I'm cleaning the kitchen, I have the time to the night before I have the time to whisk, make the egg muffins or egg cup, egg mini quiches by just simply whisking the eggs, pouring and letting the oven do the work while I'm cleaning up from dinner. Right. Like in the prep for the, that breakfast is literally five minutes. So, again, it's going back to our conversation about prepping. Right. What can I do right now? That's going to eliminate that feeling of overwhelm or rushing okay. next the next day. 
right? It's almost like having your school clothes laid out in bed the night before, but with food. Um, so that was three. And then, um, I mean, I have tons of them, but I really like our overnight oats, right? Because they're easy to prep the night before. Um, truth be told, not everybody in my family eats overnight oats, right? Two out of the three kids and us two adults eat them. That's okay. That other one's going to have a piece of fruit or a toast or something, right? But the next morning, that, uh, that kid who, quote, didn't eat them more of a homemade breakfast is going to eat what they do enjoy eating, right? So again, it's also about what we just spoke about. Not every meal is going to be going to check the box for everyone, right? And for that meal, I'm simply going to grab what's already available. I refuse to cook a whole meal at any meal that's different from what the rest of us are enjoying. We're going to simply pull something out of the fridge that's available. Or if it's dinner, my motto is if it's ready and done and it can be heated like leftovers from last night, great. Because that's one something I'm not wasting, right? But usually there's always an element that they'll eat. And for breakfast, if they're not eating, he doesn't eat oats, he'll eat a yogurt and a piece of fruit. It's fine, right? And that's ready to go too. So those are my go-to breakfast simply because I don't have to cook too, too much in the morning. The pancake batter, yes, it has. To, they have to be uh, cooked, but that they take no time because the batter is already done. So I'm not measuring and they love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I feel like all those are great lunch options as well. Like you yes, can the pancakes, you can pack the egg muffins, like so mm-hmm. easy. So really, I like you said, the theme here is prep, 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 like almost five like, minute prep, guys. Five minute five prep is like minute the hardest prep. part of me. It's not even the hardest part. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you think, but it's probably like the hardest mental jump to get over. Mm-hmm. Like it's again, we build it up in our heads. Oh my goodness. I don't have time to prep or it's so much. And again, for some, you know, prepping is going to look different for some people than for other people, but mm-hmm. little tiny things will make that overwhelm go away. And when you see the results, you're going to say, oh my goodness, I need to do this even more. And so just start small, do mm-hmm. anything you can, and then build those habits up. But that is very valuable information. I love all these tips. Thank you so much oh, for everything. Sure. Laura, oh, one last thing. You oh, know what? Yeah. If you have a teenager or a child that's 10 and older, it is your duty as a parent to delegate. Okay. Delegation teaches our kids how to do things. And so while I'm washing, my daughter can whisk the egg things, right? Like I will take out the ingredients. I'll take out the six eggs and I'll take out the milk and I can direct. It's like directing traffic, right? So the last thing before we leave, I wanted to leave with you is like, you do not have to do everything. Your kids are part of your family unit and they can wash things. Okay. They can prep things. They can whisk, they can mix. And the older they are, the more they can help it. The little, the simpler things when they're younger, because it makes them also feel part of the family to contribute. And we're getting the help that we need in those five minutes. So that's the last thing I wanted to leave you with is when in doubt, delegate. Love it. Such, such a good tip. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being here. And can you let us know how we can learn more about you and also more about your meal planning membership? Yeah. So if meal planning is something that you struggle with, and, or you want to learn more tips, if you head over to mamables.com, and I'm sure you'll have this all in the show notes, but you can check the meal plans. You can, if you just need to fully revamp your eating habits, we have a 30 day meal plan for you. Um, really, I just want you to, your takeaway by going to mamables.com is that 
your struggles are very common and they are the same struggles that even us or every or other parents out there are experiencing. So, you know, if I can be a resource to you or my website and all the recipes, then I'm so excited to be able to provide them for you. We ha- I have a ton of free recipes and free resources on there or like the weekly meal plan is like $2 a week. I mean, you know, so you can get the help you need to help you execute so that you can feel better and less overwhelmed about meal planning and cooking for your family. So good. Everybody check that out. And yes, all of the links will be in the show notes for you. Laura, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I hope you love that interview as much as I did. If you found this episode to be valuable, to be helpful, and if it's something that you think other parents would like as well, would you do me a favor and please leave me a five-star review? You can just add one little line even of something that you loved about this episode specifically or about the podcast in general. It goes such a long way to helping get this podcast out to other parents just like you, and it means the world to me, and I just love to hear your feedback. So So thank you so much in advance and I hope you have a wonderful week. Talk soon. Bye.